This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Yeah, you come to me today. You want some Parmesan? Yeah, I'll get you some Parmesan. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. 25-20, 15-10, 5 shoes, touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked off Bishop E.H. And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Oh, oh, are you serious? Slam jam, Get him ready for the NBA Dunkin' Contest! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So, you're saying you will not watch any episodes of The Bachelor this year? I think I'd rather have a tooth pull. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, maybe the safest man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, did you have an enjoyable weekend? It was very busy. Did you stay safe? I did stay safe. Steve was very concerned about his safety on Saturday morning. Very concerned, weren't you, Steve? I get very nervous. Now, anytime there's a speck of snow... A little different wind rolls into town. A little cloud pops up. Steve starts to get a little nervous. And by nervous, there's a little bit of pacing. We have a TV monitor in our studio, which is constantly on the Weather Channel. And Steve will run in here and stare at that for a little bit. He'll go out the front door and look up at the clouds for a little bit. Because Steve, on his own, is his own weatherman. He can, he can gauge what's happening. And on Saturday... Steve said, I don't have a good feeling about this. No. With the big blizzard rolling into town, we had planned to make the trip down to Wichita, maybe even swing by Mound Ridge, check out a little sub-state or regional basketball for them. And Steve said, I don't have a good feeling about this. No. So he stayed home and didn't get to witness one well, of the I, most exciting things of the year well, in person. I did, I did witness. I watched it on the internet. But I wasn't there in person. It wasn't quite as cool, I wouldn't imagine, well, I on know. the internet. No. But we got to witness a very fun moment, a state championship moment down at Bullpup Wrestling over the weekend. Saw a couple of great regional basketball games on Friday night down at Dridger Nation. Mount Ridge and Illyria, a one-point game. We saw Little River and St. John and the Cowboy. Oh, yeah. His Tigers win a fun game on Sunday afternoon. A really busy week, a very fun week, very successful week for the area teams. And now, Steve, we put ourselves into Substate Week. And the official, Substate Week. This is the official Substate Week. Oh boy, this is going to be one crazy week. But before we dive into all of that, before we talk about Steve's Kansas Jayhawks and their disappointment on Saturday and their massive game with K State coming up here tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Scott Radke and the wrestling finish for him an individual state championship, eighth place as a team. I don't know if you have written your column yet or, or posted it in your column. Did you write that about Scott today? Well, I wrote that yesterday kind of as – it was kind of a column. What was your sell on sports today? KUK State. Oh, okay. 
But I wrote about Scott. Well, I wrote that he'd won the state title, and then I had a follow-up story that talked about him and and uh, his uh, journey to the championship. How he said after my sophomore year, people were didn't think I was any good. They were making fun of me because I said I'm going to win the state championship. He gets second last year, and then of course he wins it on Saturday. It was a really fun event throughout that week, but. One of the first things that happened when Steve and I went to Wichita <laughs> on Friday is we rolled in right as Scott was finishing up, I believe, his second match. Well, he was, yeah, he was just so that was in just, the quarterfinals. He'd barely gotten, no, he, yeah, he'd barely gotten started. He was, he was. That was or, his second match, right? So we saw that. We went down closer to the arena floor, and Scott was walking around. Coach Kretzer's there. A lot of the bullpup guys were running around trying to figure out where they're going to be, and, and the BOIs were there. Everybody was there. And Steve turned to Scott as he was walking by, and he said, well, what do you know about your upcoming opponent, your next semifinal guy? And Steve, I think, was saving this to use it in a story somewhere. But he turned to him and said, I know who my final opponent is going to be. (laughs) In a very excited way and a very direct way. Yeah. Saying. How about confident way? A confident way. Yeah. Knowing that. His semifinal opponent, he felt pretty good against, and, and he, he showed did, that on Friday and night. And he destroyed. He he just made so quick work of his semifinal guy. I don't even remember who it was now, but I think he was twenty. The guy was twenty six and three, and it was just he mopped the mat with him. And so I had a feeling because of that confidence, I knew what was going to happen on Saturday. In I the really finals. thought he was going to win on Saturday too, because you know the guy he was wrestling, he lost to, you know, in an ultimate tiebreaker last week. Yeah, last week, but. The guy he wrestled also lost seven times this year, even though he was ranked number one. So I had a feeling, you know, if if Scott wrestled his match, he was going to win. And it was a very exciting match. There was a great crowd. Now, the weird part about the day is that people had told us, okay, the finals will probably start 3 o'clock, 3.30, 4 o'clock, somewhere in there. And part of that was because of this weather that was supposed to be coming in and was supposed to be just this crazy storm. And so I got down there at about 2.15, 2.30, and they came over the speakers and said, okay, now that the consolation round is over, we will not start things up again until 5. And that was like two and a half hours. Yeah, I, I do not understand. Uh, maybe Shane Bakus will let us give us an explanation at some point. I don't think he even knew why. They well, it said on the program that it would start 45 minutes after the consolation round is done. Right. So we sat around for a while, which meant that Scott, all the wrestlers in their championship matches, especially those at the back end of the schedule, had to wait a while. Right. And so Scott was sitting around having to wait a long time, and he put on one heck of a performance. It was just a fun day down at State Wrestling. So many intense matches. A lot of derby kids were wrestling as they won a state championship, and they had massive crowds. And every time they lost, the person that beat the derby player would run over to the fans and say, see you later. And, <laughs> oh, it was intense. There was a well, great, derby, there was a great a, match at 285. Derby a massive crowd this weekend. They just, you know, of course, they're right there. I mean, there were probably, what, three or 400 derby people, would you say? There was a match at, at 285, a couple of big heavyweights at 6A, and it was one Waters. of the, the first ones of the day where one of the guys picked up a Garden City guy and slammed him down. He was about to get a pin. The Garden City guy flips him back over, pins him in like two seconds, and everybody's jumping around and hugging. That's the fun part about wrestling whenever somebody wins a state championship or a 
national championship. I've seen it at the college level. There are always just these massive hugs that the, the wrestler runs over to the coach and jumps up into his arms. Or when it's the really big guys with the small wrestling coaches, they go and pick up the coach. Steve, I think you would be the guy not picking the other person up. No. You would be the jumping into the arms of the other I would, person. You know me. You know how I am about anything fun. I'm the no fun guy. So I just walk over like I've been there before. Like Timor Terry did when he won. When Timor Terry won state, you know, he expected to do it. So he went over and shook the hand. Just, you know, he knew he, you know, he, knew he was the best. Were you always not fun? No. Did you used to be fun? I used to be fun. Did you used to be excited for people to celebrate and win a state championship and yeah. go hug oh, their mom? Oh, now, last year, I think the most emotional I've ever gotten in covering sports is when McPherson girls beat me age because Taylor Robertson got to clinch it. Well, it was a good thing Taylor didn't grab the ball at the end and throw it up into the air. Steve might have said, now that was a cocky move right there, Taylor. Don't do that. No, but I was happy for Taylor for everything she'd just been through, you know, in the last year. And and it seemed only fitting that she hit the winning, you know, the clinching free throw uh, in that state. And that, that really was something because, to me, that was a feat that just – I don't know how many people expect that because when you're playing Mies, you're down nine. I mean, you're, you're playing against the Mystique. You're paying – Terry English teams don't beat themselves. Not that, not that they beat themselves in that game. Of course, Riley Hett with the dagger and, you know, or with the three-pointer and Andrea Sweat with the three-pointer and that big comeback. But to me, that was just an incredible feat because it was like you're beating a machine. You know, that's, it, that's what it felt like to me. So moral of the story, Steve is not very fun. I'm just laid back. I think you're fun. Well. Steve doesn't like when other people have fun. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Don't be high-fiving your teammate. Don't you do no, that. No, I don't. I don't, don't be back-flipping. I, I don't say stuff like that. Well, I've heard it. I've heard it come straight out of your mouth. The other big story, Steve, before we dive into the Sunflower Showdown tonight, your favorite person. Oh, no. Jason Brown, head coach of the Independence Pirates, the Buccaneers. It was been a rough 24 hours My for My alma mater. Your Independence Junior College. Now, remember... This was the school that was featured in Last Chance U, the third season of the show, but the first season at Independence Community College, aired in August. It released August or July of last year, and Steve was not a fan of it. There was a lot of language, and an interesting program was being run, but they had a great year, won a conference championship, won a bowl game. Last year, they had a train wreck of a season. Two and eight. Two and eight, terrible year. Then last week, some news started to release that Coach Jason Brown, who is an interesting figure to begin with, sent a text message to a player on their team that is German and said something along the lines of, I'm your new Hitler now. Right. And it didn't settle very well with everybody. And just last night, at about midnight last night, he announced on Twitter that he has resigned. And Steve, I'm opening up the floor for you to air your grievances. Well, I got a text at 5 o'clock this morning, which, of course, didn't set well with me. Cowboy, of all people. I Turn mean, your ringer off. Well, I don't expect to get calls when I go to – I don't expect calls or texts at 3 or 5 in the morning. But anyway, um, this is really an interesting deal. Jason Brown, of course, you know, he's a walking F-bomb. You know, he really <laughs> is. That's what he is. And he blamed the newspaper – the weekly newspaper, not the daily news. They have a daily and a weekly in Independence. And he blamed the weekly newspaper. He says he's ruined our the, the, 
Jason Brown said the paper had ruined his program, ruined everything that they had done. The newspaper didn't do anything. Jason Brown did this to Last himself. Last chance you might have ruined it. And I just wonder, since he, he's no longer an independent, so are they even going to air that season four? I bet they do. Well, I think they do because everyone's going to see. Like, he got suspended for a game for losing his mind. Uh, I think it was the Garden City game again. And uh, just not a good role model, not a good look for independence uh, junior college. And a lot of my friends, you know, we went to independence junior college and we kind of thought it was an embarrassment on the school. And when you read the comments uh, on the story, on the, go to the Montgomery County Chronicle and the comment section, he's not getting a whole lot of support from anybody. I'm not surprised. And, and of course, people are saying, you know, they dropped baseball so they could have more money for football. They got a $600,000 AstroTurf practice field. They were cutting teachers. They were cutting teachers. Allegedly, a teacher got fired because Coach Brown said, told, said hey, She's not passing my football players. Never mind if they didn't go to class. He wanted to be passed. So, allegedly, of course. But there's just so many things here, and they're all negative. Independence is going to move on. His number one assistant is going to be the coach. And I guarantee you he won't be a guy that will be dropping, you know, four-letter words and expletives like they're candy. Steve, you brought up a good point at the beginning of your talk there, and that is that Coach Jason Brown blamed the newspaper Right. For the reason that he was in trouble here and, because, and why all this was stirring. Because they published the text, but the kid went to the newspaper and said, hey, here's what's going on at the college. I think you guys need to look into this. Have you had a situation here in your 42, 43, 44 years of journalism and newspaper writing where you've had to expose a program like that? Have you ever had to do anything I've like been, that no. or really had to cover any scandals? No, I really I really haven't. There haven't really been any scandals, uh, you know, for me to, you know, to, you know, it's been pretty mundane around here. I mean, for one thing, a well, lot of there's been about three basketball coaches, yeah, boys had, and girls yeah, in that time. Yeah, between boys and girls in high school, I think we've had about six or seven coaches. Uh, three on the boy, I've had three boys coaches in my 40 years. Uh, let's see, one, two, three four five girls coaches in 40 years so nothing there the colleges you know they've been of course at you know the four the colleges around here coaches don't stay very long because they're on the way up right and this is kind of a stepping stone for a lot of these coaches so really haven't had to deal with anything like this but it is an important thing to bring up that you do see this type of backlash sometimes against the media right fake news well, and, and that's probably a fairly decent idea for that, is that whenever you get to be so in-depth with reporting on something, whether it is sports, whether it is news, let's just look at the Catholic Church and, and what happened with that at the Boston newspaper, the Boston Globe or the whatever the newspaper was that turned into the movie, where when you look into something close enough, whether it's a basketball program or it's a nonprofit organization, a lot of times you're going to find something. Right. And whenever you look and look and look, and especially at a program like Independence that has been monitored by cameras for yeah. two, two straight years, two years, you're going to find some things that don't look great. Well, the, the one thing... Uh, the Chronic- and when there's just so much coverage. The, the Montgomery County Chronicle did an excellent job. The one thing I think what they probably should have done, and maybe I just didn't see it because, you know, I don't take that paper... But I, you know, I just read Facebook stuff. Uh, I never saw a uh, at the time that 
you know, they published all these texts. They didn't get Coach Brown's side until after the after the fact, you know. So I mean, I don't think they've even really talked to him. He he uh, <laughs> he put his resignation on Twitter. Of course, the athletic director's under fire. The president's really been under fire. He's been under fire since the uh, last chance you thing ran. Uh, people were just calling for his head, the AD's head, the coach's head after that. And uh, at first he just said about these texts, we know it's inappropriate. Coach Brown knows it's inappropriate language. We're looking into it. But I don't think they were going to do anything until there was a hue and cry from the public. And that's the interesting part of journalism. That's the interesting part of your job, Steve, because here's a hypothetical. What if... The McPherson High School Athletic Department was found laundering $5 million worth of funds that should have been going to this other program, and this big scandal was breaking. It would be hard for somebody like you to cover that. It really would. Because you have so many relationships with people in that office. You have so many relationships with all the coaches. And that I think you're probably lucky to be in a place where you haven't had to report on something crazy. Right. Because especially in some bigger markets... That's why they hire people, and, and then there's a lot of movement. Is because they don't want people to be quite as close. Right. Where I think it would be easier for somebody, let's say, at the McPherson Sentinel to write that story than it would be for you yeah. to expose people. Pistol. And, yeah, it would be easier for Pete to do that yeah. because he's only been around for a year. Yeah. Where for you, it would just be hard because you don't want to be the person that exposes this. I know you want to hold your journalis- journalistic integrity high. Exactly. But it, it's a but, really tough line the to walk. Is, we don't have to worry about it. Luckily not. We, we are very fortunate. We are a well-oiled machine. All right, Steve, we're going to put your journalistic integrity on the line again here. Uh-oh. And I think I, I owe you maybe a little apology. When we talk <laughs> about KUK State coming up tonight and what those two teams did over the weekend, we'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Well, Steve, on Friday afternoon, when we were discussing Big 12 basketball coming up over the weekend, I asked you, do you really think KU is going to lose in Lubbock? And your answer was, yes. I was adamant. And my response was, do you really think they're going to lose? And kind of asked you that six or seven times, because I felt like KU was going to go down there and win. What I did not expect was for Texas Tech to score 45 points in the first half, 46 points in the second half, and make 16 threes. Pretty impressive. It makes it very hard to that game was, win it, on the other side of that. It was interesting. I th- who was it? Duke and somebody was the game on before. Duke and Syracuse. Duke and Syracuse was on. By the time that game got over and they switched over to KU, it was already over. <laughs> they were down. They were already down twelve points, and KU never got under twelve the rest of the way. I mean, they were just they were dead and buried in that game from the get go. And give Texas Tech credit. I mean, 
like uh, Bill Self said after the game, they could have beat about anybody in the country. But that was a dead man walking performance by KU. Listless, no energy. Diedrich Lawson looked like his feet hurt. You know, he just kind of shuffled around the basket. Now, Steve, I'm going to pause you real quick. Okay. I'm going to remind you of something that happened on Saturday night with former Jayhawk great Jeff Geldner. Oh, yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Steve's a big fan of Jeff Geldner and... I didn't say the F bomb. He had a little slip up. I'm yeah. just trying to warn you, Steve. Be careful. Oh, oh, I'm no, I'm fine. As you move on to your next point here, Quentin Grimes. That was Geldner's guy to yeah. not be very happy well, with. Quentin Grimes was the least of KU's worries in that game. He just nobody played well for KU. I mean, they really didn't. And um basically, you know, if they would have won that game, tonight's game and Lawrence would have been for a chance to tie for the league. Now KU's two back. They lose this one. They're three back. They're done. Basically, the basically the Big Twelve will be down to two teams if K State wins tonight. Texas Tech's still just a game back, but those two teams don't meet the rest of the way. And K State's got a pretty easy schedule to to close out the season after tonight. So I think if K State wins tonight, the worst, very worst they do is tie for the championship. But I think they're going to win it outright. Now K State probably had the easiest win of Big 12 play for any team this year. Oh, easily. It was about the easiest win any team has had because Oklahoma State was just so bad to start. K-State jumped on them, put them away, and won 85-46. Steve, as we turn our attention to tonight, I felt very confident going into this past weekend that I really thought KU would go down to Lubbock and win, that they would come back, beat K-State and Lawrence, and that all of a sudden you would look up and they would be tied for first, K-State would make one more slip and KU would win, or they would tie for the regular season title. What do you think happens tonight? Okay, now... Has your mind changed? Nobody has been harder on KU than me. But there's something about KU, they just don't get swept in the regular season by K-State. and Or K- really by anybody. And I think K-State is going to be so amped up you know, they can see they can see the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. I just I think KU finds a way. It is almost I, fake Patty's Day, Steve. Yeah. And I just think that KU finds somehow, some way, they're gonna find a way tonight and get it done. Don't ask me why, it's probably a fool's thought, but I just think KU's gonna get it done tonight. That was the way I felt going into the weekend. And then after I watched what happened on Saturday night in West Texas. So, so we have gone, we are now polar opposites. Well, I don't know if I've completely changed my mind, but I would be a little bit more concerned if I was a KU fan for this game but tonight. But KU's just, they're not really, really good this year. I no. Mean, they cannot shoot the three. I think they stayed in the top 15 in the rankings today. Well, and, and the th- it was funny because the chat line, uh, the KU chat line had, well, they're going to the NIT. Now that's just, that's, Silly talk, stupid talk, because you look at their complete resume, they've beat Michigan State, which will be in the top ten this week. They've beat Tennessee, which is in the top ten. You know, they've, they've beat some, you know, in Big 12 play, they've got some good wins. They beat Iowa State. They're going to they're gonna be just fine as far as the NCAA tournament goes. Well, currently they're the number 15 team in the country. Do you want to guess where K-State is? They should be about 12. 16. Well, that's. Now, see, that's really silly. K-State's beat them. K-State's two games ahead of them in the Big 12 standings. Granted, K-State played a really 
soft non-conference schedule. And I think that's part of this. Yeah, yeah. Is that they are not trying to reward K-State for playing a very soft non-conference schedule. Right. Which it was very soft. Yeah. And KU played almost the opposite of a soft non-conference schedule. Yeah, they played Arizona State. Uh, They played Marquette. Um, You know, they've they've played a really tough schedule. Now, if we're looking at resumes and how have you been playing lately, I don't think there's any doubt that K-State should be ranked higher than KU. Oh, no question. I think they should be about the 12 line. Right. I think top 10 would be a little bit of a stretch. Same for Texas Tech, too. I think that they should be in that 12 to 15 range. Or at least KU could be back at about... Well, 20? Texas Tech. Where where do you think KU should realistically be about ranked? Eighteen. Yeah. And Texas Tech. Let's let's make it clear. They had one of those just perfect storm days. It right. all came together. They don't normally. I mean, remember they just played in Lawrence what a month before, and KU had them down twenty four at one time. So, you know, Texas Tech played what is you know a perfect game. Steve, KU is a four and a half point favorite tonight over K State. Okay. If you were a gambling man, if you were heading out to the desert, you've got yourself a room at Mandalay Bay, and you said, okay, I'm going down to the sports book right now. I'm going to put my money down. Are you taking the Jayhawks with four and a half points where they have to score and beat K-State by five? Right. Or are you going to take K-State and take those points with them? I'm taking K-State and the points because I think it's going to be a one-possession game. I think it's going to come right down – to the very end, I think um, Devon Dodson's probably going to take six steps, score a layup. Referees aren't going to call traveling, and it ends up a one-point KU win. I don't know if this game will be a one-possession game. I think this will either be about a 10-point KU win or about a 10-point K-State win. I don't see this game being a down-to-the-wire final possession game. Now, the other question here is, Steve... Is this going to be a high-scoring game? Or do you think K-State will really slow things down and lock it down on defense? It's going to be somewhere in the mid to low 60s. I I look for like 62-61, 64-61, something like that. It's going to be a one-possession game. But uh, I I just don't think these teams – I think these teams are going to be so amped up. I think you're going to see some really bad basketball at the start. K-State, this is a dream scenario for K-State. K-State gets a chance to end KU streak and to do it in Allen Fieldhouse. Now, well, the K-Staters, the ones that are able to get into the building, are they going to rush the floor? I don't know. I mean, I don't... Will Shad Marston be in there? Our good friend Shad. Well, maybe he'll throw a turkey or Jayhawk or whatever. (laughs) I don't think he'll throw a Jayhawk. I don't know if those are real. Yeah, but but, uh, no, um, you know, this is... for K-State fans, they, they've probably dreamed of something like this. NKU streak in Lawrence, and if they do, well, they deserve to celebrate. They don't need to rush the court, but they deserve to celebrate. Steve, my prediction will be that KU wins by 8 to 11 points. Okay. Somewhere right in there. Okay. Well, I've got KU winning, but I just, like I said, one possession game. I don't think I can differ my opinion from what I've been saying all year long, and say, okay, now they're going to lose this game at home. I don't think they're going to lose at home. I I, I really don't, not to this team. But is KU going to keep winning and have a chance to get into that conversation? I don't know. Well, they're gonna, I, I, I don't think they, so at this point. They go on the road for two right after this game, and they're 2-7 and seven for the year. They've won two games on the road all year. 
they may go down to Oklahoma State, get beat by the one of the worst teams in recent Big 12 history. Oklahoma State's really bad right They're now. really bad. They're West really Virginia's bad. really bad, too. Yeah, yeah. Steve, we'll take one more break. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KDBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sal. Steve, we mentioned it's Substate Week, and it's going to be a very busy week for the area basketball teams. You and I will be checking out the Inman Teutons tonight as they take on El Saline. Have you told Russ we're coming? No. Oh, okay. I was going to let you do that. Oh, I didn't know that. You're the man in charge when it comes to going to Inman. Oh. You've still got your pass from the no, last I don't. time. That... I don't have What'd my... you do with it? I was cleaning my desk. Did you desk. throw it away? Well, I didn't think I'd be going to Inman again. <laughs> what, you just stole their laminated <laughs> coupon? Well, it was only good for 2018-19, so. Yeah, I think you could have snuck it through one more time. Well, but we'll be checking out the Teutons tonight, also in action. Smoky Valley going on the road to Norton. A nice short trip oh, for the Vikings brutal. out west. Also tonight, the Heston girls are at home to take on Kingman. Kent Galva boys are at Bennington. Tomorrow is a little lighter day because a lot of the teams were combined today. Heston boys on the road at Haven, which I think I'm going to try to slip down and go to. I feel like that'll be a good game. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then the Kenton Galva girls will be at home tomorrow to take on Ellsworth. Okay. So a bunch of games going on these next couple of days, and Steve will have it all posted on our website at midkansasonline.com. Then we get to our really busy time of the year. That's right. With Substate for the McPherson High teams. Again, the girls will be taking on Andover on Wednesday night inside the Roundhouse. The boys taking on Newton on Thursday night, and that is going to be one heck of a game. Yeah, Coach Kenneman went and scouted Newton, and all he saw was Ty Berry go for 36 the other night. So I get the feeling that it might be one of those old McPherson-Newton crowds. Yeah. That a lot of the Newton people are going to make the trip yeah. up to McPherson. Exactly. And that it is going to be jam-packed inside the Roundhouse. What year was that legendary Newton shot where the guy was falling into the people. I want to say 1984. I know Coach Schwarzenegger would know, but Todd Christian shooting the uh, fadeaway from the corner as the buzzer was blasting. And the, the old and the old roundhouse down there in that corner, you know, you could just fall into the stands. And uh, they didn't have the kind of the barriers like they do now. And Todd Christian, who went on to be a good player at Oklahoma State, just fell into the stands and shot went in. So hopefully we get another great environment like that. And then all of these teams, let's see, the 3A girls will be playing again on Wednesday. Okay. And then the boys, or never mind, it would be Thursday and then Friday. Right. 3A girls on Thursday. Right. 3A boys on Friday. Right. 1A boys on Thursday. 1A girls on Friday. And then all those teams would have their sub-state finals on Saturday. But McPherson at the 5A level is just a little bit different. If the girls win, they'd play on Friday at home against either Newton or Bishop Carroll. If the boys win, then they'll likely play at Bishop Carroll on Saturday. But, Steve, it's going to be a great week. Oh, yeah. A lot to be posted at Mid-Kansas Online. It's the start of spring sports yeah, today. Yeah, spring sports today. Can you imagine them going out in that snow? and uh, Playing golf? Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be tough. Yeah. 
All right, Steve, tomorrow on the show, we're going to have the Central Christian College basketball coaches on, Tony Romero and Mark Golden, as we take a look back at their seasons from this past year in the Sooner Athletic Conference, and it should be a fun show to talk with them after having the Mac College coaches on last week. So we'll do that tomorrow, and then we'll preview all of the sub-states coming up and maybe talk a little KUK State from tonight. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.